a little behind the scenes to the inception of Cocktails in Quarantine. Yeah. Well, Matt would drop off the mason jar. I'd often catch him, you know, kind of during the process. I'd pop open the door. He, he would stand over by the stairwell, and I would stand at the door. And he would pop off with this, like, casual knowledge. So in today's episode, you did not know what I was making. You certainly didn't know that I was using Applejack. I've never talked about it, nor I just bought it today. So, so it, it wasn't something we would have talked about previously. And yet, you just have this history in your head. <laughs> yeah. Which, to some extent, like, either you're a raging alcoholic. <laughs> functional. Functional. Or there was just some point in your life where when you were bored or had free time, you were just reading too much about the history of drinks. Both. And I'd like to speak to your wife about it. <laughs> like, I wonder if she's like, oh, give me a fucking break with, oh, Laird's got it. Is that Pichon? Oh, it's not? Okay. Okay. Just, just bring me a drink when you're done, though, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've learned to uh, limit the amount of cocktail dissertation that happens in the household. Luckily, though, I couldn't get enough of it. Luckily for both of us, because I love to talk about it. Matt knows cocktails and Bill likes to booze. Matt makes his silly stirs and Bill is a stooge. But together they're the greatest team. It's cocktails in quarantine. This week, though, yep. autumnal. Autumnal. Made, is your cocktail autumnal? It is autumnal. I'm tasting right. your cocktail. It's in the same category. It's my cocktail. They are both heavily autumnal. All right. You want to play the game? I do want to play the game for everyone listening. I have a jelly jar. I just added three ice cubes to it. There's a cin- It's not cinnamon. It's a cassia stick. Uh, well, what are you going to do? I'm going to stir the drink with the cassia stick and enjoy it. Okay, the most clear... One, one second. To yeah. every human listening, both of you, it's a cinnamon stick. Mm-mm. In your mind, picture cinnamon stick. Matt happens to know what it really is, but... Yeah. In, in your mind, it's a cinnamon stick. There's a difference between cinnamon and cassia. Not to any normal human. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And that's why we do the show. <laughs> so the clearest note that I get is allspice. Yes, I want to talk about that. All right. Not the second. The easiest way to get allspice into a drink, or the most common, is St. Elizabeth's Allspice Dram. Sure, if you're going to take the easy way, yeah. Yeah, all right, but you don't take the easy way. No. Which is why we do this podcast. Correct. Did you make your own allspice tincture? Correct. I made a allspice dram at home. Ah, oh, feeling good about myself right now. Okay, <laughs> uh, I don't... So this is a little bit translucent. I'm looking at the color of it. Oh, interesting. You're ang- Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. I just well, love how you break it down, yeah. What would give us some opacity? Uh, particulates. Particulates could come from something like an apple cider. They could also come from something like tea. So now I'm trying to taste whether or not there is acid in the drink. It's amazing. Just the thought process. There is acid in the drink, so I'm going to guess apple cider. It is apple cider. Also autumnal. Very heavy, heavy on the autumnal. Um... Now I'm trying to taste if there is tannin beyond the allspice. 
and allspice makes it difficult to detect tannin. But tannin would be indicative of black tea, which is common in autumnal drinks. Of course, everyone knows that. Black tea in autumnal drinks. All right. Um, I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess there is not black tea. You'd be correct. Okay, great. Three for three. Now we got to guess the base spirit. Well, hold on. I'm going to give you two for two. Guessing what's not in it shouldn't count as a point. Oh, it absolutely should. With an encyclopedic knowledge of things used to compound drinks in different categories. <laughs> when I get to yours, I'm going to say there's no Coca-Cola in it right off the bat. Well, you, you're one for one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the game is played. All right, base spirit. Rum usually has a signature. I don't get a signature. Bourbon, for me, has a signature. I don't get that signature. So, uh, rye whiskey would be a candidate. The allspice and the cassia are really taking over and making it difficult for me to tell anything else. Uh, As I drink it, I think I have too much allspice in it. Okay. That's what I want to talk about. All right, great. In the balance of the drink... I'm getting a ton of allspice, um, and just and to some extent, right? It's because I, I measure I measured it versus tasted. Okay. And I don't like you enough to mix a second drink. I don't. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, man, you could have put cognac in here, and I'd have no idea. All right, so I'm just gonna guess rye whiskey, and it's a shot in the dark. It is not rye whiskey. It is um, mostly rum. Mostly rum. And applejack. Applejack. Well played, sir. Well played. Is it Laird's? It is Laird's. And which Laird's is it? The 80 proof. The the straight up. So the Laird's 80 proof actually has some neutral spirit in it. All right. Well, let's. All right. So what is Applejack? Is Applejack, it a cognac? Applejack is the first American distillate. I thought that was Peshad's. <laughs> no, that was the first American bitters, cocktail bitters. All right, yeah. what is a distillate? Distillate is something that is distilled. Yeah. All right. So we've got settlers coming to the United States, and a lot of them are Scotch-Irish. They used barley to make whiskey. They get here, barley doesn't grow, but they are able to grow apples. So Applejack was the most common spirit in the earliest days of the, what became the colonies. Well, and, and so, you know, I said cognac a second ago. I think I meant brandy. Is it a brandy? It's a brandy. Brandy's made from fruit. That's that's all that means, right? Yeah. Brandy is from fruit. Is wine a brandy? If you take wine and you distill it, it becomes brandy. Is there any fruit distillate that wouldn't be a brandy? No, but if it is not aged, it's called eau de vie. And if it is aged, it's called brandy by convention, if not technical definition. And so, Applejack, is there something special about that terminology, or is that just a... a, That's an Americanism. You know, Jack, there's the Jack Rose cocktail that comes to us from the mid-1800s. That was a term in common use. So if I go to Europe, though, it's, it's apple brandy. Yeah, yeah, be okay. called apple brandy. So, so back to this drink. It's got a uh, Florida cana, Florida cana, cana, Flo- Florida cana, Florida cana, which means flower of sugar cane, Makes Nicaraguan sense. rum, I believe, 
Um, used to get all sorts of rave reviews, and then I heard they started cutting it with like cheap cut rate spirit and adding a ton of caramel and sugar to it. Um, no, no, no. It's it's still amazing. Reference episode <laughs> two where we talk about <laughs> Matt Petrick, also known as the Cocktail Wonk, who has an article on his blog about the addition of sugar and caramel to rum. The John Crobati episode. <laughs> the infamous <laughs> John Crobati episode. That's um, right. The, the, uh, hold on, you made me think about the rum there. Oh, you know what? Uh, when I was getting the Applejack, there were a couple decisions. There was a couple choices in Laird's. Mm-hmm. There was an aged one or whatever, but I knew I was going to end up be mixing it. I knew I was going to be making this drink, yeah. and so I just I just went with the the normal one. Is yeah. there anything that I is there anything special about the other ones other than their age and a little bit maybe yeah, more refined? Yeah, it's or, all apple distillate and no neutral spirits. In which one? In anything above the base. The base layers has some neutral <clears throat> spirit added to it. Motherfucker! I wish I had known that ahead of time. Which is why it's cheaper. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? For mixing a cocktail, it's just fine. Uh, Laird's family, uh, so that is the longest family-owned distillery in the United States, I believe. They got through the difficult war years, post-war years, when spirits largely went to conglomerates. And it was hard to find things like rye whiskey in that time. Uh, They got through that, and then the cocktail renaissance happened. And Laird's became a darling of the cocktail renaissance bartenders who were wearing uh, elbow garters and waxing their mustaches loved the story of this American family that had kept alive the tradition through all the difficulties that, that came when cocktails went out of style. With my drink specifically, yes. are we on the same page? Yes, too much, too much allspice. Balance-wise... Less allspice, the better. What do you think about, or not the better, less allspice in this particular drink? You could turn it down, and then I could taste the other elements better. Right, exactly. Um, What do you think about adding a walnut liqueur, splash a walnut liqueur in here? I have not used walnut liqueur. I I don't believe that to be true. I think you're lying. It's a character flaw that I am admitting in public for the first time right here tonight. All right, we'll take care of that in the next couple episodes. We'll make a walnut episode. What about maybe an ap- apricot or, or pear? or what, what other flavors might you mix in here? Ginger? I can see ginger. I think all those nicely. things will work. The, the question when you're making a drink is, what do you want the drink to achieve? Oh, uh, I want to get drunk. <laughs> well, in that case, that bottle of Laird's is waiting for you. <laughs> no, like, like with a flavor profile let's think about those ingredients you know that we're basing this around allspice and fall All right. yeah. you're going to have just enough allspice to where you can taste it but not so much allspice that it covers up the other flavors right? right if you go with something like ginger it's going to be a one two punch because ginger also has the ability to really blow out your palate if you go you're using apple cider if you go with a complementary fruit like apricot or pear uh you're just going to get more fruit in there and it's going to start to become like a punch especially if you add a touch of acid and one trick that i have used bill as you know there are many different kinds of acid you know what i forgot in this one is lemon you used a little bit of lemon 
I forgot, but I know that is not what you're about to say. Right. So lemon has citric acid, which tastes like a citrus fruit. If you want to really dial in your acids, you can purchase malic acid, which is found in apples, and it comes in a powder form. You just need like, I mean, it's like rice, and a little bit goes a long way. Why is when you say dialing it in? It's going to be the same acid that's already present in the apple. Without the lemon flavor. Exactly. In my in, in this case. Yep. So all right, but, but so in this particular drink, we're, we're saying, you know, at maybe adding more fruit, you're just going to get more fruit, yep. probably going to get lost. Maybe just dial back the, um, dial back the, the allspice. Sure. So that the, the actual liquor has a, has a chance to, you know, talk and, um, and potentially maybe flip around the, the acid, but lemon's fine. I think we talked about three different techniques for this drink. You've got allspice and you've got apple. So if you want this to be an apple-forward drink, then you're going to use allspice dram, apple cider. You're going to use apple jack that is 100% apple distillate. And then you're going to add something like malic acid to increase your acid. And you could use um, maple syrup as your sweetener to balance that out because we're used to associating maple with fall things. So maple syrup would be a really good sweetener for that. Now let's say you want to go with something that complements the allspice instead. <clears throat> then you're going to use, like I get minced ginger in a jar for cooking, and you can just strain out the juice. So add some of that ginger juice, and then maybe you go with the ginger liqueur, maybe you don't. Uh, but you're at that point, the apple is just there to kind of cushion that one-two punch of the allspice and the ginger, and you're going for that intensity that kind of spiciness and it's a exhilarating experience yeah. or you go for what you would call a fruit punch and at that point I would advise get some pear like the pear eau de vie that I used in a previous episode would be great for this because it's so aromatic get your applejack and then when you're incorporating the apricot there are some excellent apricot eau de vies uh, Rossillon I believe is the name of a distillery in, in Europe sounds French um, and then you can use something like these peach bitters that I have up here because the peach part the apricot part is going to be the hardest flavor to amplify and then it's all up the allspice is going to be an undercurrent it's basically going to be acting as your bittering agent uh, so you have to be light handed with the peach bitters and, and then it's all about those three fruits coming together to create a fruit forward cocktail I like fruit forward cocktails that'd be awesome all three yeah, of those I, are great strategies the, the worst part is when a bartender mm. says what what do you like yeah and I know I'm actually good at answering meaning I know what they're looking for is you know fruit forward liquor forward citrus you know yeah. and I'm like kind of okay with all of them yeah so so usually I I, I, I look to the weather to decide, right? <laughs> if it's rainy, if it's rainy and foggy, we're gonna go brown liquor. Yeah. If it's sunny, we're gonna go clear or, or tropical. Uh, during smoky times, let's just go mezcal. All right, I am ready. Let's transition. Oh, let's tintinabulate. <laughs> Episode three. All right, guys, this is Bill's turn to guess. As we know, I'm already one for one. There's no Coca-Cola in it. I'd like to point out, <laughs> I I haven't even tasted it yet. Yep. And yet, 
one for what? Bring that cowbell, Bill. I'm smelling it. I don't know. So my drink was more brown. Your drink is more... I'm going to use the word yellow incorrectly compared to mine. It's, it's lighter. I agree with that. I don't understand. You were talking about distal... Uh, uh, what was in mine that you saw? Particulates. Particulates. I can't see any particulates, but now I wish I had better light. How's the opacity? Are we talking transparent, translucent? Or oh, no, I cannot. I can't even see through it. Okay. Can't even see through it. Semi-opaque. Well, okay. I almost feel like sometimes you use this pear stuff, mm-hmm. and sometimes you use this... Interesting. Sometimes you use this plum pit stuff, mm-hmm. and sometimes you use this plum stuff. Yeah, I used none of those things because I've used them in previous episodes. Wow. The pear stuff, none of those things are in here. Nope. Fuck. I mean, what's crazy is, I can't even tell you, I can't tell you anything about this drink. Certainly, there's there's I, I want there's a fruit flavor in okay. it. All right, you got fruit. What about apricot? No apricot. I'm just going with right. I'm just going with other fruits that aren't pears or, or, or plums. Sure. Um, yeah, so, I, I give uh, up. Samin Nosrat, the chef, has a book mm. called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Okay. And when I saw that book, I love the title because that's the way I think about cocktails. But with cocktails, it's bitter, sour, sweet, aromatic, right? So if I'm tasting something, I'm just going to go through those four categories and ask myself, do I taste something bitter? Do I taste something sour? Taste something sweet? Taste something aromatic? And then from there, it's a whole lot easier. So let's go through those categories. All right, on the bitter. Yep. I'm very black and white in some ways. Sure. Uh, or ob- obtuse might be a better way to explain it. Um, and is it bitter? The answer is no. When I think bitter, I think Campari. I think mm-hmm. Negroni, mm-hmm. right? That said, at the end, is there something bitter in there? Yes. That's as much as I can tell you about that. What's the next What's the next flavor? Sour. Mm, I mean... Again, in an obtuse way, if you think of a, if you think of a whiskey sour yeah. uh, or, or, or a Midori sour, which you shouldn't think about, but you might. Oh, man, uh, I had a roommate from Puerto Rico in college, and we went through Old San Juan drinking Midori sours until our photo was on every bar in the place. Okay, so, so back to the sours. So, no, it's not a sour drink, but is there something that has, you know, a... Maybe some malic acid. <laughs> Maybe some malic acid. Uh, what was the third flavor profile? Sweet. Is there any sweet? Yeah, for sure, yeah, sweet. And aromatic. Oh. And aromatic might be the most complicated out of all those categories. You know, my dad always says that he can't smell things. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten in my head enough to believe that I can't smell things. That, that said, I mean... I can I can smell 
if I'm cooking, like, oh, there's garlic or onions or whatever in it. Sure. But have you ever read Jitterbug Perfume? Oh, such a good writer, Tom Robbins. Uh, that guy, the the character in that book, he had that was his skill, right? He had the he had the nose. Yeah. There was the the woman in New Orleans, the guys in 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 France, uh, both uh, perfumiers. Uh, what know what the word is? Perfumier. And, uh, perfumier, and uh, and then whatever the main character who didn't want to die. Um, okay, None so I does, have man. none of us. I have, I have officially given up. Okay. Uh, one note. Not gin. Not gin. Correct. Not gin. Two for two. <laughs> two for five. One note <laughs> on smell. Yeah. I think you've probably seen the kits. They cost $400 where you get 20 little vials and they all have a different fragrance inside. And you unscrew the cap and you smell number one. <laughs> You put the cap back on so the essence does not evaporate, and then you, you understand. Think I can to add yourself, that special effect later, right? Ah, oh, but I'm having so much fun <laughs> enacting this for you in real time. I love it. And then you think to yourself, number one, was it almond? Oh, was it walnut? And then you open the book, and no, it was hazelnut. You're wrong. And then you go to number two. Yeah, so. What I learned uh, in doing research about this is the part of the brain that smells things is a primal part of the brain and it's located here in the brain stem. Back in your the brain. limbic area? Limbic. No, I think it's actually sublimbic. And then the part of the brain that gives names to things is in the forebrain, the cerebral cortex. There is a lot of real estate, brain speaking, in between those two sections. So connecting those two sections, getting a neural network that's really strong between the two takes practice. It might be the case that you and your father are not poor at smelling, you just haven't practiced enough to make it automatic. And when I you started- You think I should get one of these kits? <clears throat> I mean, if you got $400 laying around, get one for me first and then I'll share it with you. I but, mean, I bet there's a hundred, you know, a hundred dollar one that's like okay. Well, maybe if we lived in New York City and we could go down to Canal Street with our face mask on, <laughs> I'm sure they got the hundred dollar version. Um, but it might just be the case you get a practice. When I started trying to teach myself how to discern one spirit from another, I would often have the experience where I know what that is, but it would take me ten minutes to name it, and I would get it right, but it would take me ten minutes. I've gotten a little faster over time, but it takes practice. I have always wanted one of these kits and never spent the money on one. Well, I feel like, I mean, listen, $400 is a ridiculous price for a smelling thing, a scratch, a scratch and sniff. But like, this <laughs> I think is you articulated your, that very clearly. I don't want to call this your passion, but you clearly are yep. invested in it. This, yep. Of all the things to spend some money on, uh, keeping your brain going, and it, it seems like... It seems like a thing you should do. Building neural networks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're not you're not scratching sniffing like an adult. <laughs> you're, you're building a neural network. Well put. All right, back to the drink. Yep. What's in it? Let's talk about the word punch. Okay. Mike Tyson's punch out. Oh man, Mike Tyson's fighting soon, and I think the world is better when Mike Tyson is training for a fight. 
Okay, some say uh, David Wondrich wrote the definitive book on Punch, and he yep, cites this story. David some, Woodward? David Wondrich, former yep. drinks Daniel writer. Woodrich? Dan- <laughs> David I Wondrich. I loved him. I loved him in Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't done anything since. Um, <laughs> former drinks writer for Esquire magazine, currently with the Daily Beast. And the writer who got me excited about cocktails. He wrote a book called Punch, where he goes into the world's leading form of mixed drinks before the cocktail. And no one knows exactly where the term punch comes from, but some people argue that it comes from the Hindi word punch. Punch means five. So that would be five ingredients. Um, The genesis of this argument is that sailors from England go to India and India you have five things in abundance you've got Iraq which is a pretty rough form of alcohol you have sugar you have citrus you have tea and you have spice so those five ingredients make a punch I made a punch for you it has all of those components but I tried to balance them really well so no one stands out from the other so when we went through the bitter, sour, sweet, aromatic exercise, nothing was so uh, jarring that you said, yeah, this is really, really sour, yeah. really sweet, what have you. Um, I knew that I wanted to have some fruit flavor. I love apple cider. I worked on an apple orchard when I was in college. Of course you did. And we just finished the in last... In Georgia. In Indiana. Oh, and we just finished the last of our apple cider, so I used a trick for the fruit part of the drink. Um, the We have tea. It's just English breakfast tea in here. Uh, there's a little bit of lemon juice, not a ton. I split my sweet, which makes it a little bit more difficult to figure out what I'm doing. One way to pick out sweet is through aromatics, right? If you don't detect any aromatics, just guess that it's sugar. If you do detect aromatics, are they maple aromatics? Are they maraschino has that distinctive almondine aroma? Um, I only use a quarter ounce of maraschino in this, so it's pretty tough to pick it out. I also used a half ounce of Saint Germain, which is widely known as an elderflower liqueur. Some people don't realize that there is also mango in Saint Germain, mango and elderflower. Those people, those people who don't realize that, though, yeah, well. <laughs> I don't. I, don't <laughs> I digress. Think we need to, we don't need to associate with them. Uh, rye whiskey, the the fun part of this drink. Oh, um, I'm just reaching behind me so I can pull from the bar. So these are the bitters that I used: Amargo Chuncho. They are Peruvian. They use rainforest herbs. I fucking love these bitters. If I had a bitters top four. It would be Angostura is always going to be number one. Peychaud's is always going to be number two. Regan's Orange is always going to be number three. And Amargo Chuncho from the Peruvian Rainforest is number four. I get vanilla. I get banana. They, they're amazing. So I use that. goes with the fall theme. And then as a dad with a six-month-old in the house, I used pear baby food. As my last ingredient. God, I thought you were going to say breast milk. Oh, thank God. I mean, I knew it was opaque, but... 
<laughs> We're saving uh, milk punch for next week. <laughs> um, a pear. What do you mean? You just mixed in some pear apples, pear baby food, baby yeah. food. Yeah, so and strained it out. Pear sauce, basically. Wait, so this is a double uh, strained. What was the 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 liquor was whiskey? Rye whiskey. George Dickel. I'll tell you. That for me is the craziest part about it. Like, it what you know, it wasn't a very, it wasn't a dark drink. Nope. In my mind, I would have I like I would have said vodka, but I mean, I know that's you know, I know I know that's not what you're going to use. Gin, too much flavor, and then I was like, well, I, you know, I don't I don't know. Yep. You know, it wasn't. Um, you definitely, you definitely, and again, it, it, a, some of this is I'm a low bar, meaning my my nuanced tongue. Um, Maybe doesn't exist. That said, like, yep, on each of those flavors, I was like, eh, like technically I can I can taste it, but it's not there. Technically I can taste it, but it's not there. I'm not even sure on the liquor. That's my definition yeah. of a great drink. For All sure. the elements are so well balanced that you can't pull one out from the other. I wish the listeners could have tasted mine and tasted yours. Right? It's just a great example of mine had too much dram in it. You know, and, and when I tasted it, it's like, yep allspice that's the fucking ingredient in here like i got it you made your own allspice and you want to use a lot of it great job bill where yours is like annoyingly balanced where it's like i don't know it's one mushy flavor but i mean mushy <laughs> i mean mushy in a good way like I, I don't know what the liquor is i i think it's fruity but i'm not sure tea i'll tell you what i i, I don't taste any tea which i guess is good tea is an incredible ingredient for getting everything to come together tea is like a moderator in a debate hmm. it gets everyone very, on the same page very topical I like to drink cocktails that are fancy jump on tables and be dancy I don't believe in things like heaven or hell this purgatory it's treating me well And bitters in my beverage A little bit of booze A little bit of leverage I need ice or else I can't exist What's the point of living Without your lover's kiss Each and every day, 
Experience the tartness, the ripeness of old age. Savor the taste as it hits the tip of my tongue. Let's all raise our glasses, drink and have some fun. I didn't break my ankle, but I did not hurt it a lot. Um, yeah, so I've been hobbling around. Well, it's getting better. I'm I'm milking it. But speaking of milking it, have have we done a milk punch episode yet? I can't even wait. So for, I can't wait. Teaser for me. Like, what do you mean filter? What is a milk punch? Obviously, we'll save it, but I got a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs>